scrimmage. Here's Cora. Welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, my trusty, never misses a show, co-host Jacob Belleville. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, how's it going? It's great. What well, tweet? What are you? What are you upset about? Welcome. I mean, you're here. We're you not here. Yeah, we had to take your. Jacob break. misses like a whole month of month of practice, and then all of a sudden he never hey, misses a show. Hey, studs, studs are gonna just miss a couple <laughs> practices and show up and play. You know? Can we be real about this? Forty nine. <laughs> talking about forty nine weeks out of fifty two in a year. That's what I've done for this podcast. Tweet. It's, it's... We've pulled your benefit package because you're a part time worker. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm a part-time performer too, so fully <laughs> <laughs> expected that. <laughs> you guys might notice a new laugh uh, in the intro here. We've got Todd Foster. You can find him at Twitter or on the X or at Twitter. I mean, URL is still Twitter. X, X uh, at FF underscore Banterman. Welcome, Todd. Thanks, man. I'm thrilled to be on here. I, uh, I'm i really excited to talk about some trades, man. Um, yeah, well, like, I'm just looking for, I'm just looking to banter, bro. Like, my name is what it is. Um, for anybody who has, who doesn't really know me, I've been playing C2C for about five years. I'm in 10 leagues. Um, I had a podcast called A Tale of Two Rivals with FF Spaceman, who's a lot more popular than I am, so I picked a good host. Um, but yeah, so, um, I'm also the kind of guy that you can DM me to get advice to be better in this league that apparently he wants you in his DMS. You hear that people want you to hop in them DMS to to, tweet chill, dude. All right. I, I I know that I I know that you're just trying to have like an exclusive relationship with me for some trade discussions, but it's not going to happen, dude. All right. All right, man. Like, 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 this is not an exclusive thing. Feel free to DM me, but. You know, I'm open. <laughs> Send him picks now. I mean, wait, excuse me. <laughs> so Todd uh, started up about a month ago a a podcast or YouTube show, uh, the Trade Portal, a C2C trade show. Talk to us a little bit about about that. 
Yeah, so um, it's it's a live stream. It's on YouTube, and it's on every podcast uh, platform you can think of. Um, essentially, so I, I've been doing a uh, Tale of Two Rivals for three years. Uh, Spaceman is not a C2C Debbie guy because he's lame. And um, I just never had an outlet for my favorite format. So we took a little bit of a break. We both have, like, you know, small kids. So I kind of had a tough time to manage the time. So I had a lot of time to myself. Uh, one of the things that I like to do with the podcast is I like to do things on my own. Uh, my favorite podcast is JJ Zacharyson's late round. Like I just respect the shit out of what he can do in 20 minutes. So like, I've been trying to do something similar to that, but I love C2C trades because of the ambiguousness and you're not going to go find a C2C trade calculator or like solid ADP or anything like that, because the ambiguousness of the, of the format is what I love about it. You know, because there's just like so much to dive into. You're never going to have a set of uh, information. So a podcast on trading from a campus league to a Canton league, which is what my main focus is, is a lot of fun because it's really discussion based. Like you're never going to have a final answer. And like what's more definitively that you're not going to have like the dynasty community that has resources up the yin yang to be able to freaking tell you like what was great and what wasn't about that trade. So like there's a lot of and like. Maybe we get there at some point with C2C. I just – I don't see it happening. There's just too many teams in college, you know? So, um, yeah, I just – so, essentially, the like, I do some solo shows. I bring on guests. Um, I had on Kevin Coleman for my first show, uh, for my first guest. So, yeah. So, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, feel free to subscribe, follow, anything like that. But I'm always down to get a message, get feedback, and tell me what you want to hear about because I'm down to do it. You know, and uh, in the in the link or in the podcast, I'll put the link for the YouTube show and the uh, podcast. So put that in there for people if they want to. So that reminds me, make sure you go rate, review, download. We only take five stars or anything less. We don't want. So don't even bother. We'll be better next week if you didn't like this one. So just give us the five star. Why? Delay the inevitable, I guess, you know? <laughs> so we're going to go and we're going to p- play a quick game, Todd. We do a quick hitter each week. We, I give five clues. This player can be in the NFL or in college. And by the end of clue number five, I hope that you're able to figure out who this player is. Okay. Once you believe you have that player locked in, just raise your hand, lock it in, and then at the end, honor system, like, hey, who did you think it was when you had it locked in? Um, my first three clues are a little bit ambiguous because I just find whatever narrative I want to tell or throw you off the tracks, I just kind of some stuff. So I'll go through those pretty quick. So clue number one, I am a quarterback entering my fifth season in college. So I've narrowed it down quite a bit for you guys. Have any of you want to lock it in? Definitely on tweets, team. (laughs) (laughs) Clue number two. Last year, I had a 68% completion rate, which ranked 12th in the nation. And I was 30th in the nation in passing touchdowns with 24 So now I've given you, at least he's a decent quarterback. Clue number three. Last year, I was 
QB 11 in our fantasy league, which is six-point passing touchdown leagues, uh, despite only throwing 2,648 yards, two yards behind Illinois quarterback Tommy DeVito. Did anybody start Tommy DeVito this last year? I had to one week. <laughs> so this, guy threw, this guy threw less yards than Tommy DeVito. I but had to. I had some injuries, man. <laughs> that was quarterback 11. Wheels are turning. We are. Oh, Todd, you got it. You got it locked in, you think? I think so. Think so? Is that a yes? I think so. I think so. All right. Number four, I'm in the SEC. I'm already wrong. I'm... <laughs> All right. What five fifth season quarterbacks in the SEC? I got it. Lock it in. Tweet's locking it in. I'll lock it in. Jacob's going to lock it in. All right. Clue number five. Everyone's got it locked in, but I'm going to give it anyways. Rocket Sanders is my teammate. Uh, I was wrong. We lost it. (laughs) All right, Todd, you locked it in first. Uh, Who did you think it was? I was guessing Curtis Rourke. Curtis Uh, Rourke. Yeah. Jacob's favorite. He is. I went Will Rogers. Will Rogers. Okay. KJ Jefferson. Are you sure? You just, I don't know if he actually had that locked in. So I just thought that was a you know interesting. He's kind of going. He's getting a little bit of NFL buzz, kind of like the Hendon Hooker type buzz. But then seeing that he never he didn't throw for many yards, but he's mobile as heck and uh, got a lot of touchdowns there. But yeah. Two less yards than Tom or than yeah Tommy DeVito. That was uh, not expecting a name like that there. So, Ian, I hope you enjoy playing KJ Jefferson Jefferson this year. And then you can trade him to Patrick for whatever you want. First and a second. First yeah. to second, whatever you want. Oh, I All right, go, go for twenty twenty four picks, man. <laughs> yeah, he's got plenty of them. <clears throat> Tons of them. So we'll go through some. We got NFL and uh, NCAA news here, but we're going to get started with the NCAA news. We got Radone, tight end at uh, Notre Dame, Chad. He's not yet 100% coming back from his injury that he had last year. Donovan Green, Wake Forest, had a non-contact injury on Monday. He was not seen Tuesday. Tweet, sorry for that. Could be uh, uh, a... he had an ACL injury two years ago, so we'll see what, what this comes back as. Jacob, Jonathan Brooks, taking the first team reps there at Texas. Not even surprised. You knew. You knew. I figured he'd get a shot, but then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens through fall. Then we got Trevante Sisson coming out. He's on my team, says that he will play at some point this season. So I don't anticipate he's going to play at the beginning part of the season. So we'll see how Trevante looks. Then we've got the Hunter Deckers news with gambling on Iowa State sports and a couple of the Iowa State football games. Brett, he is on your team. Last thing you needed was a quarterback that's not going to go pro because you need a lot of help, especially at that quarterback spot. Then we've got K. 
Cal, we've got uh, Byron Cardwell, Patrick. He's going to be out for the season. Uh, I don't know what the injury was. I can only assume it's just probably an ACL. Um, but <clears throat> he's going to miss the season. So that means uh, a little bit more there for uh, Ott. I believe Ian, yep. you traded for Ott. And then maybe Je- or Jacob, something there for Justin William Thomas. He's also currently hurt and not practicing, but hey, maybe that gives him a path. Yeah, I think he was in a boot in the spring. So I'm guessing it's the same injury that he's coming back off of. He's listed as day to day, so I'm guessing it's getting better. But like I think Ott needs a little more respect than he's getting at ADP in startups, personally, from what he does. I think everybody just got scared off because they brought in basically four transfer running backs who are all like right. U10. I mean, they're just little yeah. bit bigger guys. So that I think everybody was thinking that okay, they want to do a committee, but right. if everybody keeps getting hurt, then they're not going to be. They're not gonna have a choice. <laughs> they're gonna pass the ball a lot anyway. that way. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna, have, they're gonna pass the ball a lot, and they're gonna be losing a lot. So yeah, for sure. Jeremiah Hunter, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, we got big news for C two C leagues. We've got LSU is going to update injuries in the season, more like an NFL team. Per the school, Brian Kelly will report players as probable doubtful, etc., with location of their injury on Mondays and Thursdays. So there will be a pregame availability report. I think if LSU starts doing this, other teams start catching on, NCAA gambling is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is only going to help us for fantasy. What's that? Especially among players. Yep. Definitely. Betting amongst players, huge here in Iowa. Big fans of it. Beckers was just before his time. That's all that happened. (laughs) How does that benefit them? Like, why are they doing that? Except I I don't know. I think betting is just a fun thing to do. And then they're young kids. They do it. You know, you see some of the discourse about it, and it's like, this is disturbing. That's all all I'm talking about. I'm talking about announcing the injuries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what What does that give them? You know what I mean? If nobody else is doing it, it's it's nothing. Weird. ESPN has just probably told them they need to start doing this or Las Vegas and yeah, pretty much. Which or Brian you know, Kelly's actually got a lot of guys betting on things, and right. he wants everybody else to. That, uh, that would be a it. very LSU turn of events. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's just a this is a weird president to set when nobody's really making it a rule. Like, okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a fan of it. I mean, as a fan and as a freaking better and fancy player, but it's freaking weird. But all right. yeah. So LSU is the place to go there. And then moments before we hopped on the podcast here, the Big 12 lands Arizona, taken from the Pac-12, going over to the Big 12. That's a big get there for the Big 12 yep. and their continued story of trying to grab – uh, basketball powerhouses. You got a blue blood like Arizona yep. added there. Uh, sounds like a tweet you had mentioned that Utah sounds like they've got a meeting in the morning and Arizona State has a meeting tonight. It would make a lot of sense that Arizona and Arizona State would come over together. I don't know exactly how things are laid out, but there's something along the lines that if Arizona, there's like a trustee or something that they both have a common ground with. So if if 
Arizona goes to the Big 12, which sounds like they are, and Arizona State stays back, Arizona has to share some of the money revenue with Arizona State. So at this point, it just kind of only makes sense for Arizona State to come with so they can just get all of the pie and not taking some from Arizona. But it, that just seems likely. But they're going to meet tonight uh, about that. Then we've got the Pac-12 still does not have a TV deal, but there is uh, they've got an offer that expires either Friday or Sunday, I'm not sure. It just says by the end of the week with Apple streaming. So the pitch there is that you can get clicks and you can get more money in the revenue. And it only falls short of Big 12 money by $12 million. So, and the Big 12 is making a lot less than like the Big 10. Didn't the Pac-12 already try this? With I don't like, know if they did or not. With their own broadcast network, kind of like yeah. uh, Longhorn they TV. Kind of yeah, yeah, and they couldn't get enough eyeballs because they can't even get people in the stadiums. Right. So, so people are gonna. So millions of people are gonna sign up for seventy dollars a month for Apple TV to watch Pac-12 football. Right. Well, the other thing is, you think about the NFL. You've got the Amazon games. Yep. Amazon Prime games. Like I don't really watch all of those because a lot of them are bad games i think the first game was patrick mahomes and like i don't know if that was patrick mahomes it was like kansas city versus the rams or something i don't know it was a it was a pretty good game and then it's just been downhill since that and they just haven't been good games so oh you're saying that i can do a package and watch pack 12 games that are like bad i i just don't think people are gonna uh, do that no so at the amount of people that you need to make that a viable option. Yeah. Tweet. Are you, are you researching Wait, are you like emailing first... people right now? Like, like, what are you doing, dude? He doesn't know how to type. So I don't <laughs> really know what he's My doing. computer's I like lagging like bad. So I got to restart real quick. I'll be back. I'll be back guys. Don't worry. I have to restart <laughs> real fast. I thought you were going to break your keys. You were typing so hard, bro. Hey, <laughs> I was sliding in your deep. I was sliding into your DMs, but <laughs> I'll see hard, you later. It's hard to, I mean, it's, just, <laughs> it's really hard to get good part time help, you know? <laughs> I thought he was using a fist for a second. So, <laughs> like, so you can't hit more than one letter at one time, bro. So, <laughs> well, while Tweet listens to the rest of the podcast, when he comes back on, I'll have him look up when the first, uh, First game in the NFL was streamed on Amazon Prime. What game was it? Uh, then the big day is August 15th for the ACC. There's rumors around Florida State and Clemson and people leaving. But teams have in the ACC till August 15th to let the conference know that they are leaving so that they would be eligible to play in a different conference in 2024. If they do not let anybody know by that August 15th date, nothing's going to happen for 2024. It's going to be a 2025 or 2026 problem. So something to watch here in the coming weeks. All right. That does it for our NCAA news. All right, well, I'm going to keep NFL news short. Obviously, the Hall of Fame game playing tonight, uh, Jets versus Browns. Always thrilling. Thrilling, thrilling matchups for that game. 
And then um, basically Tim Patrick went down with an Achilles injury. It looks like he's done for the year. And then Zach Moss had a, has a broken arm apparently, so he'll be gone for the first couple weeks to start the season. I've also been seeing some buzz about Russell Wilson not looking too great um, in camp. So we might be looking at the uh, his swan song, if you will, for mm. Russell Wilson. Well, you keep that quarterback's name out your mouth, okay? Okay. Yeah. Keep that quarterback's name I'm, out I'm of your mouth. All those comments, and then like all the beat reporters are like, uh, it still doesn't look good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I found that interesting, but. Tweet, welcome back. Uh, maybe you're not back. Can you hear us? Tweet, can you hear us? I mean, this, you're right, Jacob. This part time help. Why is he breathing so hard? That might be me. <laughs> I can't figure out what the hell's going on. I have no idea. We can hear you. Yeah. You're, we can hear you, Tweet. You're on a stream. This is the the line. Are you using Firefox again? <laughs> Must be it. He was using Firefox. He's gone. He is gone. So Todd, I'm going to play a, a little clip. There was, about two weeks ago, on a different podcast, a couple trades from this league that made um, the Debbie Debate um, podcast. And you broke them down. Yep. So we are going to take a listen for those right now. Kind of jog your brain. But here's how they went. Trade one here. Um, this is this is an interesting one here. It says uh, uh, manager one gave up Malik Neighbors, a 2023 uh, college. Uh, I'm assuming supplemental 205 pick and a 2024 supplemental sixth round pick for Luther Burden and a 2023 303 supplemental pick. So essentially. Neighbors, 2023-205, for Luther Burden, 2023-303. So out of the four trades you guys wanted me to take a look at, this is the one that I was leaning at being the most um, even out of, out of the four. Um, I'm actually leading the neighbor's side. Um, I do have Burden ahead in neighbors, but neighbors is struggle. Nothing about Missouri really excites me. you know. So what you're looking at in neighbors is he looks like a day-two guy, right? Is there a possibility? Is there some sort of narrative where neighbors gets himself into the first round? Yeah, it's possible. But I think his 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 floor is day two, as far as I'm concerned. Unless he falls flat on his face this year, which I seriously doubt's going to happen. And then on top of that is, I also believe he's going to be the better, you know, college football uh, producer this year. So the the only way this trade really works out for who's getting Burton is that Burton has to max out his potential. You know, like right now, Burton to me, like he, he had a really difficult time against SEC defenses, didn't had a really difficult time getting off the line. I'm also one guy who says, let's chill out. Remember, he was a freshman, right? But Neighbors already has production. He's already has a draft capital. He's already going to produce more points this year on the college side, as far as I'm concerned. So Burton is definitely the home run swing. That That's the Debbie play, you know, like, to, really, you know, taking that risk. And I think it's a, 
a risk worth taking if you believe in him. I'm personally starting to have my doubts. So I would probably go with the neighbor's side on this. Does anybody disagree with that? Well, all I heard was that Burton is a Debbie guy and Lake Neighbors is only a college fantasy guy. That's what I just heard you say. Oh, no, no. I said day two cap, draft cap, uh, didn't I, Austin? That seemed, that seemed to be what you implied late there. That's all, that's all, I'm, saying. <laughs> all I'm saying. I'm just saying he's going to be a better college football producer. And I also think that Neighbors, like, I, I could see a possibility of Neighbors being a first-round pick in the NFL draft. I don't believe that happens, but I also see it being in the realm of possibilities. I think... He's been mocked there consistently. Yeah. A lot of people are putting him there. I didn't when I did my mock, but yeah. I, I'm i one person, and he's probably consensus first round right now, so I, I don't disagree with that point. Yeah, and to me, I'm more thinking round two, round three at, at worst, you know? So long story short is, is that to me, Burton has to max out. You know, you're, you're essentially saying, here's this piece that I know is going to do things at multiple levels for me, but I want that potential. But that's also what makes the format fun. So it's not a terrible move, but I'm on the neighbor's side. Todd, just talk about Burden a little bit more. Like, are you leaning away from him reaching that potential? Or, I mean, where do you stand on that? I'm leaning away with him reaching that potential just because I don't understand why this gets at Missouri. You know, like, like being a part of that offense, I just don't think that offense is going to be able to elevate his game, you know? So I hope I'm wrong because I loved him as a prospect coming in. Because I remember when he signed in Missouri, I just was like, okay, he's going to get in there, he's going to play. And then I was like, who else is there? You know what I mean? So, like, to me, like, a wide receiver needs talent around him to get the ball. You know what I mean? So, to me, that's kind of, like, worries me. So I bet you if this kid has a decent year but not a great year, he transfers and goes to a bigger program. Like, if Luther Burton does not blow up this year, he has to transfer. Or he's really risking his NFL future as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's go trade number two here. Um, this one's a little more straightforward. I don't have to say as many numbers altogether. Austin Reed, Cubiet, Western Kentucky, and a supplemental 705 this year for Jatavian Sanders, tight end to Texas, and the 1310 in a supplemental this year. Uh, picks don't really mean much to me in this one. Um, it's a nice little kicker to make up a little bit of value. Um, but what you get, I, I get that Austin reads a stud on the college side, but you just gave up a first-round potential draft pick who's a freak of athletic nature, who is so well-suited for the NFL game that I don't think you need to give up a piece like that to be able to get a good college quarterback Jaden Dance, Pratt, Frank Harris, all cheaper options that you don't need to give up a first-round draft pick for. At a position where if you have a first-round draft pick at and he hits, that's a huge piece to have, the tight end spot. We know about Kyle, people went nuts about Kyle Pitts once he became Kyle Pitts, you know? Um, and Javante Sanders is that kind of athlete, except he's just bigger, you know? Is he going to produce like that? Probably not, you know? But he's still a guy who's going to have a high, high ceiling. So, to me, I get it. You know, if you're going for a CFF title, I think you made went a little too far with it, and I hope Reed gets you over that hump, but I just didn't like this, you know, because I think Sanders is probably one of the more undervalued uh, pieces they can go out and get because people are forgetting he's a first-round draft pick probably, 
You know, and if he's not, he's second round at best. It's a horrible trade, if I'm being honest. Yeah. For, I, yeah. For that, whoever got Austin Reed, that was a horrible trade. Yeah. I mean, Man. and I, I hate to, to let out my inner Moxley here, but uh, Tavian Sanders is not only going to be a first-round pick, I think he is a player that you can bet on on the college side this year to be a position. He's my tight end three. For, He's going to be one of the top scoring tight ends in the CFF landscape. Yep. We saw the connection he had with, we'll talk about as Felix will tell you, a horrible Quinn Ewers last year, yet still produced the way that he did. And he's going to be a first-round pick. Austin Reed maybe gets drafted day three next year. Maybe. And I guarantee you can find yourself another quarterback somewhere in the draft, in the supplemental draft, that's going to give you the same amount of value, possibly even better than Austin Reed. So you gave up a first-round pick and a top-three scoring player at his position, which is harder to find that kind of production, in my opinion, on the CFF side and on the NFL side, for a guy who realistically is going to give you one year of production on the college side and then probably nothing in the NFL. Yeah, I kind of um, I kind of put it as giving up, like, a stud-wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. You know? Like, like you essentially just traded something like, I don't know, I'm going to throw somebody out here, like Jalen Waddle for Aaron Rodgers. You know? Like, to me, I'm like, why would you do that? You know? And Austin Reed also, might I add, is he has to play at the level that he did last year for that trade to make any sense. You know? And there's a really good chance that that doesn't happen because he played nuts. Do I think he could actually be better? I do. But there's a really good chance he's not. You know? And you just gave up a first-round draft pick at a position that's scarce. You know? So... Yeah, it it was just bad. I was trying to be nice, nice, and Matt decided not. To. No, I'm just <laughs> tonight. That's my first time here, man. I'm not trying to rip people apart from your Discord. Can I? <laughs> can I? Uh, can I play some devil's advocate here? Yeah, sure. I, I I think there's actually a good chance that Austin Reed has a better statistical season this year than he did last year. His second year in that offense, his second year playing at this level. I think they're Chris. I don't want to call them runaway favorites in their conference, but I think. They're prohibitive favorites at this point. So I think they're going to be winning a lot of games, and I think their version of killing off games is still going to be passing the ball. Like I don't think they're going to get up by 10 and pound the ball. So I actually think Austin Reed probably has... I think there's a good, a solid chance that he's a better statistical producer than he was last year. And I just don't care about tight ends at all. Literally don't care about tight ends at all. I would okay. trade every tight end I've ever had in college I, for anything that's even remotely valuable today. I I so. actually feel the same way, except for the ones that are really freaking good. And Jatavion Sanders is one of them. Like, he's the exception to the rule. Like, I'm all about late-round tight ends. You know what I mean? Like, all about it. Like, don't worry about it. I've just traded for Dalton Schultz everywhere because he's cheap. You know what I mean? So, like, long story short is is that, like, this is a guy who's an exception to that rule as far as I'm concerned. I, I want to play devil's that. advocate to the devil's advocate. Yeah, I was going to ask Austin, Austin Reed, a question on that as too, but go ahead, Felix. Austin Reed loses his offensive coordinator, loses his second and third leading receiver, right? So, I mean, yes, it is the same offense, but he's um, he's still got Malachi Corley, but he's his second and third leading pass catchers are going to be guys that he wasn't passing the ball too regularly last year. So those are some things to consider when considering, you know, whether or not he'll repeat the performance that he did last year. But, I mean, we've seen two consecutive years of Zach Kittley's offense in Western Kentucky. I know Zach Kittley last year was in 
Texas Tech, but we've seen that offense produce over two years. But there is a lot of change uh, this coming year. It's true. I think the offense, the offensive coordinator matters basically nothing here, just because I think it's the same thing every single. It doesn't matter. It, the, Tyson the Tyson Hellen has been there. running the same offense for yeah. ten years. So at, I, I don't Western think that part matters. At the wide receiver stuff is, um, I, I think it's a fair concern. Um, but those guys were both in the roster last year too, so they're not new. And Matheson put up what 400, 500 yards last year, so he's you know he's, he's played before. So yeah, I, I have I have less concern about the receivers. I think the the last thing I'll add on this because I know we've got other trades to do is uh, Riley Leonard and Joe Milton are both considered to be very good CFF quarterbacks this year. Likely won't do much less than Austin Reed. Both are available in like almost every C two C supplemental draft I've seen. So, again, you can grab them early in your supplemental drafts and not give up Jatavian Sanders. Yep, I agree. There's a lot more risk with those profiles than there is Austin Reed. Just to, like, I feel like this is an Austin Reed isn't going to be that good. Like, he's, a, he's I just drafted him as a QB, no, too. he's fine. He's he, going to be good. But, but he's going to be really good. So, like, if quarterback is your weakness, I can understand this trade. I mean, I'm taking the Sanders side because tight ends and, and whatnot – um, matter to me, and even if they don't to others. But, like, I don't want people to come away from this thinking, like, we should downgrade Austin Reed because he's projected as a top three quarterback. Um, and, like, yeah, there's just, I think there's a better NFL future than maybe, like, we're, uh, he's going to be a day three draft pick. He's going to yeah, be a draft pick. That's what I said. He's a day three pick. I, I'm not he's, sure he's not. But, but if he doesn't have his receivers this year, he might just run more because he's a pretty athletic quarterback, too. Could have gotten him for less than Jatavian Sanders. A lot less. Yeah. Yes. A lot. Yeah. You could. A lot less. With that trade, I believe uh, I was pretty heavily. Actually, I do remember that when I talked about that one. That, and I still do think in this way, is that I thought that was a decently even trade. And for me personally, I'm pretty heavily on the neighbor's side because I think that neighbors is somebody who is on path to being able to have. A potential narrative to being a first round pick. Um, do I think that he gets there? No, but I do think he's gonna have a very good chance of being a second rounder next year's draft, right? I don't really like what I mean. Burton actually did rel- like got a good amount of work as a true freshman, but compared to like where he was for in terms of hype and what we wanted to see, it was not a very efficient season. Like he was not really playing particularly well, right? Mm-hmm. And with Missouri it's not a program that I really see him elevating. So to me, you got to see a significant uptick for Burton to be able to get close to neighbors value right now. So from a CFF standpoint, it's neighbors this year for me, particularly over Burton. And I also think on the Debbie side, neighbors is over Burton right now. Burton has that untapped potential, but neighbors is like for him, like he needs to do work to get to where neighbors could possibly be in this next draft. So to me, yeah, it's a roll of the dice to try to go and get Burden and say, like, you're buying in low at him because you are. But there's a reason why he's, you're buying in low, right? And what neighbors could possibly be next year in the draft, which is his ceiling is a late first. It, like, it's absolutely a realistic output. But he's most he's definitely going to be a day two pick. So I'm going to go with the thing that, I think is going to be a better producer for me on campus. And I think is a more sure thing on the NFL draft side. So Burton worries me. He really does. You know, I think um, another guy that kind of worries me a little bit. I love him as a player. 
is uh, Evan Stewart. And I just don't really like a lot of – I just don't like the idea of Texas A&M elevating him. You know, mm-hmm. um, the best receivers we can come out of the draft are coming out of electric uh, offenses. Those are not electric offenses. You know what I mean? So, to me, a wide receiver gets elevated by the play around them and to a certain degree. So, yeah, I like burden to me is – it's something that's a little worrisome. If I had burden right now, I'd see what I could cash out for him. Um, I probably would just throw him out on the trade block and see what offers would come my way right now. And – see if there's anybody who wants to buy him in at that price that he was at, you know? So, yeah. Tweet! Welcome back, buddy. I got some shit figured out, guys. I got my life figured out. It took a while. Um, but I'm here. I can hear you guys. You guys were really glitchy. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it was us. Yeah. 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 I, I now know that you were pounding out the words banter, the word banter man on uh, X. I got a new follower. I saw. So yeah, I, I, Thanks, I, I, I was hammering you out there. <laughs> hey, tweet. Well, while we're finishing up this conversation, can you look up what the first Amazon Prime stream was? Football. What game it was? Look it up on Ask Jeeves, please. And after that, can you run me over a coffee? <laughs> God damn it! That's all the way across town. I know. But... <laughs> so the Todd, the other the other trade that happened in our league was Austin Reed and NCAA supplemental seven oh five for Jatavian Sanders and NCAA thirteen ten. And after I heard what you had to say about this that we just listened to previous, I reached out to you and you said you must have had that Jatavian Sanders side, and I said, nah. Not me, but the league will love to hear it. So that's why I cut it up, put it here uh, before this. Uh, let's talk over this again. So long story short is I think Jatavian Sanders, if people don't really fully understand what kind of uh, a level of like, when you see what I say to C2C, you say, Debbie, you're talking about NFL potential. Like what kind of a Debbie prospect this kid is. This kid is a freak freaking athlete who's going to be a, it's a very good chance it's going to be a first round draft pick in the NFL. Austin Reed, for him, it's not close in value. You got him just doing the CFF-like output, but at the same time, you do not need to pay up for a CFF QB with a first-round draft pick in the NFL. So to me, it wasn't even close. Like Sanders, to me, is one of the best buys right now and in C2C weeks because people just generally just don't respect tight ends, right? And I honestly don't either. But to me, like, Sanders is one of two you should care about right now, like, to do a degree of going out and getting. It's Bowers and Sanders. Those are the two guys that are pretty much locked in that are going to be very good NFL tight ends. And Sanders, honestly, he's the kind of athlete that could have been a first-round draft pick if he played defense, too. And that was, like, a big thing with him coming out with Texas. So, to me, like, going in and getting – you're essentially just traded, like – a first round draft pick for a rental quarterback. You essentially traded Kyle Pitts for Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's the way I would look at it from a dynasty standpoint, you know? Well, okay. I, I wouldn't say Sanders is at Pitts value, but I thought that was a pretty good equivalence off the top of my head. So, um, so I, that was really far off for me. Like I am team Sanders all the way on that one. And 
there's so many options that you could go and get 85%, 90% of Reed's production for much, much cheaper cost. So, so you're saying not- that Ian, Ian fleeced me? Did you give up? You gave up Sanders for Reed? I did. Yes, you got fleeced. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm supposed to be the one doing all the fleecing. Well, it's about time. It's about time you got fleeced. Yeah. Well, do you do you not believe in Sanders being an NFL talent? I just don't care. I uh, I'll, my, that sounds like a great trade reason. He's also got <laughs> he's also got Bowers though too. I've got Brock Bowers on my on my NCAA side, my NFL side. I have. That's uh, a nice little Mark Andrews you'd have at the next level. That that'd be phenomenal. You'd be covering a market. So, and then I'm trying to go for a three-peat on the NCAA side. That's not happening. It will happen. It talk will happen. Jacob, okay. you talk a lot for not making the playoffs. There's six teams that make the playoffs. This is the first year that I, this is the first year that I actually took some college production. That so, wasn't heavy shots. We start three quarterbacks, six-point passing touchdown league, and I'm, like, housing the Alabama quarterbacks. So that's about how that situation's going right now. Uh, I do have Caleb Williams, but with a week 13 bye. Yep. So it's an easy W for me. Well, you're going to have to make it to 13 there, Jacob. Oh, I'm not losing this year. <laughs> Never no. Are you looking at Reed being the solve the solving of week thirteen for Williams essentially, or are you saying that Williams Reed and rotational is pretty much securing it for you? I'm I'm thinking that Williams and Reed and rotational will get me to the championship, and then that's all I got to do. As long as you get there, anything can happen. Obviously, I won't have Caleb Williams in week thirteen, but having Reed there's a a good start, and then we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. So, I get the rationale, right? But the fact of the matter is, I still think it's a significant overpay for essentially a dying value, right? Yep. Like, you could consider Austin Reed retired after this year in terms of value, right? But, as as a fellow three uh, in my dynasty league and I recommended that we reset it due to my dominance, and everyone voted it down so I didn't talk about it forever. It's fun. That is a fun experience to be able to pull that over everybody's head forever, you know? But I just think it was a significant overpay, and I also think that what Sanders' ceiling is in terms of the tight end is just so high, man, and it's such a scarce position. So, Unfortunately, tight end I, I, was expendable for you, though. Right, but there's a deal, though. You, you could say it's expendable in a way that you like. You could be deep in a position, right? And the yep. other thing, too, is when you're holding out, you guys do premium on in, in Canton? No. Nope. Okay, so that's that also does help, help the conversation a little bit. So if you're cornering a market on tight ends, there's not, like, a huge market to be able to get that. You can go in and get Sanders, and you can probably get a better Canton asset that's more value than a read when Sanders gets drafted in the first round, you know? So I feel like you just sold him and his value significantly lower than it's going to be in the future, you know? And I also think that, like I said, with, with Reed, you could have secured a, like Gabriel or somebody for like significantly less of an investment. You know what I mean? Who would have been enough 
I don't know what the rest of your roster looks like, but I imagine it's pretty stacked if you're going for a three P. It's you know? not very good, according to my league mates and my co-hosts here. Apparently not good. I mean, you could have got Curtis Rourke. I, I could have. Yeah. The Maple, the maple Missile. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I made mean, my that, decision, that, and I was okay with it. I talked with Ian, and he was like, this is what I want. I was like, that's an overpay. He's like, I know. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. I wanted him bad enough. Hey man, Ian, I, re- Ian I respect you for bringing me on to talk about a trade that I thought you lost. That's <laughs> gutsy. That's gutsy. I, I mean, like the that. league That's... likes to hear it. I mean, the league doesn't want to hear that I don't win every trade, but they need to know I don't win every That's trade. Typical yeah. Luke. He only brings people on for his narrative. Um, he and he he steers things towards his narrative. He won't ever show you the bad trades he's made. They're the bad ones that he's, you know, fleeced people. So Right. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Never going to do it. Never going to do it. We should, Never lost. we should pivot away from these draft day trades and just discuss DTR. <laughs> if you want to, you can. What, what was no. the DTR trade? Yeah, I, I – A you lot for a that. little – I, I do I do need to know this DTR trade. It's been brought up three times now before the, like it was brought up twice before the show. So people now are just I, upset I, I that know. they people are just upset that they did not make the trade. That's all it is. That's yeah. the one trade that, that's, that's the right way now. it always is, man. That's the way it always is. I would have offered you this. I'm like, you didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will I'll work Jacob, do you have the bylaws open if you want to look that up? I I can well maybe. Otherwise, let me know. Otherwise, we will. So that played that clip, talked a little bit about some of these trades and how Ian fleeced me. Won't happen again. I will never be fleeced like that ever again. I'm going to learn from my trades. Todd, talk to us a little bit about learning from your mistakes. What a segue, dude. I love it. (laughs) I am. Nevertheless, I'm the best. Podcast host out there. Yes. <laughs> that Quite was seamless, dude. That was Jesus seamless. Christ. We're really putting this one on a pedestal today. <laughs> <laughs> we're always, right. Nate's saying that we're always, you know, catering to me. Uh, Nate should just come on and talk. Looks like he figured out how to trade again. Be yeah, nice if you send some other ones. All right. I got the DTR trade if you want to do that one first. We'll, for, we'll learn about how to make up for your mistakes. Okay. And then uh and then we'll do the trade. All right. First okay. off, the only way to get better at trading is to make bad trades. Because there's no other way of understanding if you're getting better or if you're good at trading. If you just constantly are dominating trades, your league just is weak. You know what I mean? So long story short is when you have a bad trade, that's an opportunity for you to look at the trade, look at your process, and say to yourself, Where did I fuck this up? You know what I mean? Like, where in my mind did I think that this was going to go this way and then this happened? And how did my league mate go ahead and take advantage of that bias? And most likely, you're trying to force a narrative that you really, really want to believe. And you're not really basing off something that was really concrete. So, like, what were you missing in that part? So then you go back, you figure out what it is, and then you look at somebody else in your league that seems like a weak link, and you take advantage of them to make yourself feel better. All right, because that shows whether you're actually having 
like whether you're actually improving or not, right? And it might not happen on the first, second, or third time. The best way I always say that that trading works is you got to approach like a middle school dance, bro. You're going to get rejected so many times before you get on that floor and dancing with that. Speak for yourself, Todd. Yeah, fuck that, man. It's all about numbers. Just stay persistent, you know? So uh, long story short is just keep trying and trying and trying, you know? But the other thing about trading is I always want to try to, like, say this to people is that when you offer a trade to the other side, you want to say to yourself, that helps him, and I would probably do that, right? Like, don't take seven pieces that you were considering cutting and put it in for something that you want – because that guy knows that that's a shit trade. You know what I mean? So, like, long story short is it's like, look at the offer. Don't chart too low. The idea of throwing out, like, a feelers, it's not a real trade, that just makes a terrible trade, like, negotiation. Like, you got to come out, like, a little bit more, like, real initiative. Because, like, otherwise, like, people don't want to deal with you, dude. You know? The only thing worse than that, like, making, like, such a low ball offer is not responding to trades. If you don't respond to trades, I don't want to trade with you. You know? And yeah. And then the other thing too, is like, if you're going to reject a trade, just say, Hey man, saw the trade, not really about them. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I'll hit you up. If I see someone in your roster that I like hit it up, you don't do that. You start a negotiation. People know that you want to talk. If you don't really want to talk about trades. You're not going to be doing very well in trades. That's what it is. If you're a guy who just, just send me an offer. I'll let you know if I like it or not. You're not going to make a lot of trades on wrong. It takes some work. It takes some dialogue. That's what makes good trading is by building relationships. You know what I mean? So, and considering most of you guys know each other, there's already a relationship there. You know what I mean? So long story short is, those are the most important things, is that if you get fleeced in a trade, figure out how you got fleeced, how they took advantage of you, you know? And honestly, like, there's certain people in your league that you can ask. Like, I've had, like, I have a dynasty league for the Tale of Two Rivals where we had people in their league, they look at the trade, they look, come back to me a year later, be like, so what did you do? Like, how did you pull that off? And I'll tell them. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I just want to help, like, people with fantasy football personally. And some people might tell you to go fuck off, which, you know, hey, man, like, what's the difference? You're not – nothing lost, nothing gained, you know? So long story short is look at what your mistakes are. Pretty much, like, figure out what it was. Figure out what led you to that prop mistake. Take advantage of it with somebody else. Be active. Start dialogue. And don't send shit offers to start. That's what makes good trading. My favorite. I just, I just refuse to trade with Jacob, and I leave him on red, and it just makes me so happy, though. So, but that's but that's great because your goal is to troll, which yeah. is which. I, if you have happiness in that tweet, it's not going to help you in fantasy football. But if chuckles is what you're going for, good for you, buddy. You know, <laughs> I, I, got, I got the rest of the league. I just don't need Jacob. <laughs> Jacob's, Jacob's the only one who hasn't taken every NFL thing that you have. Yeah. I, I, I'm balls deep in the college game. Also, trade tip, do deals with tweet Friday nights, Saturday nights. Thursday nights. Thursday nights, <laughs> bachelor parties. Uh, sometimes Tuesdays. Nice. I'm on a bachelor party uh, Labor Day weekend, for those that know. Um, I will be on a bachelor party then. So if you want to get some trades done, holler Labor Day weekend. Nate, Nate Any, anybody in this league, if you know that he's going to be smashed and you want to be able to help you put together a trade for you to win, let me know. 
<laughs> right, Nate, oh, yeah. you know Nate's going to come after somebody. He's he got really pretty, strong. He got Nate, really tall from you. So, Jacob, you have the uh, notorious yeah, I think, I think DTR. I think all of that was a great segue into this DTR trade. Um, <laughs> Luke got a 2023, the 107, the 201, and the 208. And he okay. sent Dorian Thompson Robinson in the 204. Where did Patrick potentially go wrong? Where did Luke? Where did Luke maybe go wrong? DTR's tearing it up tonight. This was also this was also like maybe what a month before the draft. Yes. I didn't I don't think DTR had been mocked out of like the fifth round. It was close to the NFL draft somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere I there. sometimes there's trades that come across where you don't really understand what what people are trying to do there, you know? Um they understand what one person's trying to do there. Well, I mean Did you talk to Patrick Jacob? No. <laughs> I I I don't even I he he valued a quarterback that was good in college and not gonna be a pro for significant capital. Like don't do that. Like that's 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 bad, bud. <laughs> um <laughs> um I yeah, what what like why? Has he ever expressed like why he really wanted DTR that bad? Um, he's basically just no. trying to. He's using his college assets, and he's spending them high. He's spending them heavily on potential NFL quarterbacks that maybe might hit. I think it's that Brock Purdy effect. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, no. he, he he's. He's, he's pretty much trying to buy just about every quarterback that's going into the draft and then having one on his NFL side so he can – it's a super flex league on the NFL side so sure. then he can have quarterbacks. But as we know, not all of them are elite. Right. I mean, the thing about, like, quarterbacks when you go over to the Canton side is, is that you got to, like, block out your Brock Purdy span. Like, those are the exceptions to the rules. Like, that's just – you know, his quarterback – Mind you, his quarterbacks right now. He's got Joey B. Mm-hmm. He's got, I think he's got Derek Carr. So he's not doing too bad there, but he still has Drake May chilling in college. Yep. Um. So he's not like sitting terrible, and I think he's he's got a right. couple other guys that are are starters. Like, you know, but, Drake May does make it, and in, in is that first round quarterback they're saying he is. I don't love Drake, but. Uh, out of curiosity, could you guys tell me who his uh, top three running backs and top four wideouts are by any chance? I can. Go ahead, Who are they? On the he he was asking on the NFL. Is that what you wanted? Oh, NFL, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so you said running backs. He's got Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. and did you say wide receivers? Yep. Uh. So this is what's in his lineup right now. Uh, Christian Watson, Deontay Johnson, and Chris Godwin. He's got A.J. Dillon, Cam Akers, and he's got Pickens and Kirk and Cortland Sutton. Okay. 
No, so I was going to say, like, if you have, like, an elite running back or an elite wide, like, like a top eight guy in, like, any regard, that could be your super flex, man. Like, like I think that's the thing, though. Like, I think people overvalue the idea of the QB2 to a certain degree because, uh, like, an elite, like, positional player can uh, leave that while you wait for somebody to come up, you know? Um, I'm a bit like in Superflex, like I'm a big fan of playing Justin Jefferson as your Superflex. You know what I mean? Because I think there's also a lot more consistency with it too. You know? Um, so to me, that's why I was asking. Is that doesn't sound like he has much of a QB three, but it's not going to be DTR either. So um, long story short is is that I there I get the idea of like QB chasing and trying to like find the diamond in the rough, but the chance like the probability of that hitting is so low. You know what I mean? That. Like, that's, like, stop doing that, you know? Like, either have the guy and be lucky that it happened or, like, stop chasing your Brock Purdy's, your, hey, your Tom Brady's. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, as a Pats fan, I will I will, I will, will sing about that one for the rest of my life. <laughs> but um, long story short is, is that, um, I mean, that the probability of that happening is so low, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, Patrick, don't do that again, dude. That, that was, that. That's not going to help you. And also, like, if you really want a QB, like, you're going to be hitting on higher potential at the 107 anyways, <laughs> you know. Um, was that this year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you probably, like, at the very least, Jackson Arnold was probably there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. He was there, and he didn't get selected in the first round at all. No shit. All right. I took right. Jontae Cook with that pick. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I also think the probability... Luke also had half the first round, so he could have taken Arnold then, too. But I didn't. I still got him. (laughs) Did you get him at 201? No, I got him at, like, 206 or something. (laughs) 206 or 207, something like that. Wow, really? That's crazy, man. I love Arnold. I love Arnold a lot. So, best dual threat out of that that top five, by far. So... Um, I gave you, Todd, a list of we had 12 trades that were on draft, I'll say like a week and a half, two week, whatever it was. And we had, like I said, 12 trades. A lot of them were made either on the clock or very, very close to on the clock. So you had a good idea of probably like four-ish guys who might be there. So I went ahead, I gave you those numbers of who they were, and then I gave you an after. What did those numbers turn out to be? So Todd was gracious enough to look at those picks, and he went and he just looked at them based off the numbers, gave them a win, loss, or push, and, yep. then, and then put a little notes in just based off the pick numbers and then did the exact same thing with – Hey, here are names associated with them. So before I let Todd just take over the the podcast, I want everyone to know of those 12 trades, Patrick was in five of those trades. Tweet was in four. I was in four. Grim and Nate were in three. Corey was in two. Jacob, Chad, and Brett were in one. And the fleecer, Ian Hot Dog Water, wasn't in any of them. Wow. So really missed out a chance to uh, fleece some guys. Man. Must, have had, must have been warm enough from uh, getting Jatavian Sanders, Ian. 
you don't good want for you, Ian. Out. That was that was that was a heck of a bargain, buddy. For you. <laughs> All right. Um, you want me to get into it, man? Yeah, get right into it. All right. So uh, I'll go through the standings real quick. Uh, Tweed, you came out the big winner. Three wins, zero losses, one push. Woo! Pat- Patrick, zero uh, and five, bro. Uh, I gotta say, you I, you could be laughing at us next year, but you essentially punted an entire draft, and you didn't walk away with a future first. You know, uh, that's one thing that really stuck out to me, and uh, only one second. Um, on top of that, he you really need to nail that twenty twenty four draft or get some overpays on the picks you picked up for these trades to really work out. Um, and to be honest, like, if there was anything I would love more, I would love to see Patrick's trade given to, like, another person, like, another, like, impartial person outside your league and see if they disagree with me. And I would love to get into it with them on that because I would love to hear that other side because I could see, like, another way of looking at it. I mean, it's – what I will say, Patrick, is – Though this is a very risky strategy, it's also pretty – you're going to have a pretty damn fun draft in 2024 at the very least, you know. But uh, I think you gave up way too much value. Um, Luke uh, had one win with three pushes, so he was pretty even-steven with everything. Even Steven based off of the numbers. Yep. Not Uh, based off of – Interesting. Off the pre, off the pre, all right? Like, you know, like pre-draft, and then we'll see how things work out later, Luke. So, um, Corey, one one loss, one push. Uh, Grim had two wins and a loss. What? Nate had one win, two wins and a loss. Grim? Grim. We'll get uh, into that's it. confusing, but we'll, we'll let it slide. <laughs> Wait, one, one, one. Uh, Jake had one win. Chad had one push, and Brett had one push. All right. Look at you, Jake. Oh, yeah, we're getting a win. Fleecing people right out of the gates. Not, <laughs> even, right. not even like, hey, this is even, and then I win later. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to win right away. To be fair, <laughs> Jacob, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, – oh, we'll wait till it gets to your picks. Okay, yeah. It was All a right. unique circumstance. Very. All right. Tweet. You won the first one, buddy. So you cut. you walked away with a 104 and a 102. Patrick gave uh, four, up 401. 401. My bad. You said 101. All right, my bad. 401 and 402. And Patrick gave up 1008. And oh, sorry. Patrick got 1008 and a 2024 second and a 2024 eighth. Um, so I'm about flipping a fourth and some mid capital for a future second. Uh, but the first two picks of the fourth for a future second is just outstanding value because you're looking at just being just outside the third. So you're looking at guys that like in a C2C draft guys with the typical third round value are slipping into the early fourths. Right. So, you know, this has potential to just be an absolute smash uh, for tweet. And if I, I'm going to hold off until the post, but I, I like the picks later on. So um, also, if if that guy got the two force wins the league, that's essentially an early third, you know. So like, you're if Tweet does really well, like you just really bought a future second for like early fourths, and you're not really you're essentially it's like a round difference for one of those picks, you know. 
and you also have to wait on it. So I, I didn't really that that to me was a smash for Tweed. Tweed, great job. You know, you, you, you won that one big. And um, I did like the picks later, but we'll wait to get into the post draft stuff. Luke. All right. So <laughs> Luke had a got walked away with the 410 and the 504. Corey got Ladanian Webb, Christian Leary, and Taylor Morin. Uh, Luke won this one big. Big um, winner. Big. Uh, I like Leary a lot as a sweeper and Morin for, like, depth, but they aren't worth moving anything for early mid-capital whatsoever. Um, I'm a big web guy for CCF production. Um, he has a really difficult road to being an NFL running back. So I would consider him at either of those picks, but not both. So essentially, that's robbery. It's like one of those picks was free to me, you know. So that was a big winner for Luke. That makes sense. Yeah, Patrick uh, walked away with a twenty twenty four third, and Grim walked away with five hundred one, six hundred one, a twenty twenty fourth eighth, and Tweed's twenty twenty fourth eighth. So <laughs> what? Yeah. So we're looking at a massive package there. So you're looking at, I gave him a winner, but Patrick is clear he has a strategy at hand. Uh, and that's a 2024 and a second and a 2024 third for him. Um, I hope Patrick has dove very deep into 2024 at this point and really has a strategy. Um, but I don't like giving up the 29th, uh, the 49th and the 61st pick for a future third. Um, so you add on like two future ace. I think Grimm's a runaway here. So, you know, I, I think Patrick's uh, really committed to the 2024 draft. You know, it's a bold stra strategy there, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's move on, you know? All right. Nate. We had Nate walked away with Nathan Carter and the immortal Graham Mertz and 1202 for Grimm, who got a 2024 seventh and eighth. Uh, this is an easy win for Grimm. Uh, Mertz sucks, and Florida has the hardest schedule in college football. So, yeah, Carter's a solid death piece at best. So give me the future mid-draft uh, capital all day on that one. So Grimm has, on face value, just fleeced two people, one yep. including his own cousin. Yep, his Wow, I, I I would I would love to know what people believe in Graham Mertz at this point. Like, what did he show that you believe in him? You know, so I, I mean, know. at this point, I'm assuming Grim can sell ice to a penguin or an Eskimo. I'm guessing the only selling story is just to go to two four seven and find where he was ranked. <laughs> like, hey, screen grab, hey, look how high he was. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know. And at that point, I still think he was like QB eight or some shit. Like I don't think he was that high. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'll be the one to say the reason why I know that is, is like I think I was really I liked Burtz as a late in supplementals when he came out as a freshman, and I was burned like on multiple yep. weeks, so I know he sucks. You know, so <laughs> I, I felt that, you know. All right, Jacob, uh, 701, 708, and 1008, and Patrick, who 2024 fourth, shocking 
Jacob wins again. Uh, he gets in on the Patrick fire sale. Uh, this one isn't as far off as the others for me, though. Um, I like moving two sevens for a third plus a late pick. Uh, Patrick now has a second, a third, and a fourth. That's a fun stockpile, but I think he gave up way too much. Um, I'm starting to think that Patrick's gunning to be the 101 team next year, too. Um, so that might be that, and it's not a great class to be shooting for that, in my opinion. Um, so, Jacob, do you want to tell your uh, unique story about this uh, trade? So oh, yeah, I was just, my bad. Yeah, so I was just looking at, like, the guys who are left – and my ro- my current roster, and I'm like, I can cut bait with like three more guys here that I'm just ready to move on from. So I put in the chat, and I have a bunch of picks in 2024 already. So I put in the chat, hey, I will give you a fourth round pick if you give me like just three picks in return. I don't care what they are. So I was willing- <laughs> that's li- like literally what it said. I was willing to Everybody. overpay. I was willing to overpay. Sent it to the entire league, and I was I was expecting like a 15th, a 14th, and a 13th. And then it comes through, and it's a seventh, two sevenths, and a tenth. And I'm like, wow, definitely. And then you hit, <laughs> you hit accept right away. Yep, yeah. accept right away, and it was done. Done deal. <laughs> there you go. It was a great negotiation. Um, I would do it again. There you go. We'll catch him again next year. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was that was a smash. Tweed, another win. Here I am. 201-401. Patrick gets the 15 away and a future six. I, I don't see a significant value bump in going for a six versus those two picks. So, Tweed wins one. A big win on that one. So, if you – I got a question. So, if you're trading, like in this, you say Tweed wins. He gets 801 and 1001. What does Patrick need to get? In return to make it more even. Is it like a fourth? I would say a fourth minimum, you know, or if you're looking at that 15th, like that's a 15th round. I mean, it's a 15th round pick. So maybe like 12, five, maybe that might be a little bit closer to push. But I personally think when you're looking at, the sixth to the eighth round, right? I don't think that there's a significant tier difference in in, in in talent at that point, right? So when you're paying for future capital, right, first guys in the now, that so you're essentially not having any production coming out of that pick until next year, right? So picks do carry value, but a sixth-round pick is not going to be something that's going to make or break a trade for you later on. You know what I mean? But being able to take a hit on two assets right now that could get you some returns mid year, you know, that's going to probably be able to be a lot more enticing. You know what I mean? So to me, it's like outside of the first four rounds of a C2C draft, I don't really think that future capital carries a lot of weight. You know what I mean? And I think that those first two rounds carry significant weight over everything else, obviously, you know, which is, it's essentially looking at it from like a dynasty like standpoint too, where there's like four rounds, you know? So, uh, yeah, so I kind of feel like from sixth through, like, eighth is it, – it's a similar tier of talent that you're probably going to be looking at typically. And, um, yeah, so I, I just feel like giving up an eight to a six and then you're essentially getting a free ten. That's what I'm looking at for that, essentially. So, like, it's a win for Tweed. I said it was a big win. It's a win, 
honestly. Yeah. Um, I think I'm being nice to Tweed because I'm looking at him. So, um, you know, you won. That's what, that, you that's won. what wife says. You got too. a big win. Congratulations. Tip of the hat. You won. For those you that know? don't know, I'm the most attractive one on this podcast, for sure. I would not say they that. Can't, um, they can't see it, but they know it. <laughs> I wouldn't really say any of us are, like, super attractive. <laughs> that's why I don't do any video. It's it's all audio. Yeah. But, yeah. Tweet, you're definitely fourth. No. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's bullshit. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the tear buster guys. You know? So so hey, that will uh that's you know, Todd talked about like learning from your mistakes. That's a free lesson. Yeah. Class was in session right there. Hope you took notes. All right. So uh I'll give you a push right here. So Chad uh got a future seventh, Luke got the uh the um the A10. That's a push. That's that's pretty even, right? Um, More even trades. Yep. Coming out from the commish. <laughs> Tweed, uh, future 13th, future 7th. Uh, Grim gets uh, 10 one and 11-10. Uh, give me the 7th versus the rest of that. Nice job, Tweed. Another win uh, over a couple of dark throws. Uh, another push we have here is Tweed and Nate. So Tweed walked away with uh, a future 10th. And Nate had the 1208 and the 1308. Uh, Brett, future ninth. Luke, uh, 1009, also a push. Corey, 1206, 1410. Luke, 1104. I called that a push as well. Whew. And then Nate, 1101, 1201, 1301. And Patrick got a future ninth. Um, so where's Nate? Uh, I'll take three picks and target three deeper Devies or CFF players over a ninth. Uh, I don't see a huge difference in tier value there. So uh, I'll take a three for one on chances on getting a hit or two, whether I want to try to find a guy that I think's up to the cracks or a guy that can be a rotational starter on my, on my campus side, you know? So yeah, that was, I, that was a very interesting trade because Nate was fighting to get to 45 picks and Patrick was probably already at players. Yeah. Or yeah, at 45 players. And Patrick was probably already at the 45 player. Well, I guess we do a uh, 60 team limit in the offseason. So okay. he's, he was probably already at the – we do our 45, and then you get 15 extra roster spots and then leaves for if anybody gets hurt that you can cut people later or – or whatever you have to, but you just can't make any trades or anything until you get down to that 45. So it was a unique, unique trade there. What's your cut date? Uh, just kind of, I think cut dates week zero. It's later in the season, but you can't make any trades unless you're down to. Yep. So if you want to make a trade, you got to be down to your 45. Your IR spots don't count towards your total roster. And then. Mm But if you don't want to make any trades, you can hold 15 guys until week zero, technically. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, all right. Cool. So, that all was right. our pre. That was pre face value, numbers for numbers. Now, what were the outcomes? We had, we had names get attached to these numbers. Yeah. So, I called this the post outcome trades. Um, it's a weird name, but it made sense. So, um, Tweet, uh, I, I feel like after the fact, you 
maybe didn't utilize the opportunities well because you finished two and two. Ooh, underperformer. Right? Yeah. It's the first time he's heard that. Patrick, you were 0 and 5 and moved to 2 and 3, dude. Okay. Okay. Optimism. All right. All right. So we moved up a little bit. I also think it's more that other people did things I didn't like. Um, Luke uh, went from, um, what was it? Was 1 3? Like one win, three pushes, right? Yeah. Being very, very even uh, yeah. across the board pre uh, pre names. Yep. Yeah. Uh, post names, 4 0. Uh, does that mean like I'm just really good at drafting, or or what does that mean? I would say that would typically mean that you're very good at drafting. And oh like man, you're, being coy you're gonna have to put him down. Was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'm just grading him as a sheep tweet. You know what I'm saying? Drafting <laughs> so, him down. Uh, Corey, I won't be able, I won't be able to get upstairs from the basement. My head's gonna be too big. Won't be able to fit through the door. I'll probably just sleep Corey. down here tonight. <laughs> Corey went 0 and 2. Uh, Jacob went to 0 and 1. Uh Glenn stayed at 2 and 1. Uh Nate went 2 and 1. Um Jacob's on there twice. And Nate went 0 and 1. I mean, yeah, excuse me. Uh Chad went 0 and 1 and Brett went 0 and 1. So so Jacob won face value and then lost come the picks. So, so now let's let's get into let's get into these post we got the the names here. Let's get into it. What do you like and dislike? All right. So Quentin Joyner and Jaden Rashada, uh, and that was the picks that came out for the four hundred one and the four hundred two, and um, that was where Patrick gave up the ten oh eight. Oh, received the ten oh eight and received a future second and a future eighth. Big winner, Tweed. Big winner. Love Joyner. Love Jaden. Outstanding Devi prospects at the fourth round. And they should have significant CFF roles in 2024. Um, I think Jaden is one of those guys that I think that NLL, uh, the the NIL debacle, like really killed his stock. And now he's going somewhere who to a school where the guy's last project was fixing Bo Nix. You know, so like that. So he's in like great company down there in Arizona State. Um, he has a really good path to potentially playing this year. Like I could see that as happening um i'd say probably a set for bet is 2024 um and joiner is probably going to slide right into the usc role uh possibly as early as next year uh probably having a lion shares loved him he looked great in the all-american game too um big big fan and obviously being part of a usc offense is great so slam dunk absolutely i think that one of those two guys should probably carry uh weight to possibly being around second round value in next year's draft so there you go. Um, all right. So Jacob, yes, at Peterson, Tyson, and Wright, and Patrick got a future fourth. Uh, I'm going to get Patrick to win here. Uh, I think Peterson's the biggest piece here, and I don't really think he's close to fourth round value. So uh, I said crush it, Patty, just because I'm happy that Patrick got a win. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, I don't. I don't think it was like awful on Jacob's part. I'm just happy for Pat because I felt like I just ran him through the coals to somebody I don't even know for like five trades. So I was happy to see him get on the get him on the scoreboard. So Todd, um, what do you think about what do you think about the difference between Joyner and Peterson? Both going to that backfield, probably be more of a twenty twenty four piece. Uh what do you think about those two back there? 
I think Joiner's a more dynamic piece and the more versatile piece, and I think that he fits better for like what USC likes to do with their running backs. Um, I do think that this is a situation with a certain take with Joiner. I could totally see myself having egg on my face with Peterson because you can't doubt that the guy couldn't over like step Joiner. Like th- that's absolutely in the realm of possibilities, right? I just happen to think that Joiner is a significantly better talent than Peterson, and I think that's going to show up in the running back shares next year. Right. And if I and if I'm not looking at Peterson at all and I'm just knowing that it's Jacob, Peterson's probably a big boy. He's probably a big running back. Right. Fast too. He's fast. Big and fast <laughs> the way Jacob likes him. Yeah. So like like I'm saying is that like, yeah, there's an absolute path where he plays over Joiner. I just personally am fine putting my money down and saying that doesn't happen. You know? Yeah. So and that's we, what I love about this format is is that you got a guy like Jacob saying like well, I think you're wrong, and we don't have anything definitive to say whether one's right or wrong yet, you know? I actually don't think you're wrong because in our other startup, I actually took Joyner and Peterson, like, in back-to-back rounds. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, like, up in the air on who's going to win that job. Right. I like both of them. So in the, seventh, in the seventh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take him. And I also like Joyner for, like, what he represents better at the next level, too, because I think that he's a guy that – um I really like as like a potential three down back like later on, you know, I think mm-hmm. he can really develop that. And I think he's going to a great system to really elevate what he offers, you know? So um, that's what I like about Joyner and where Peterson is. He's, he looks like a classic, like, you know, two down back, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, so to me, it's kind of like, that's a big difference too, from a Debbie standpoint. Like uh, I just like Joyner more than Peterson. Yeah. So and I also think when you talk about Peterson from a fourth round value, like I feel like realistically getting him in like the six is not like too far off in a lot of drafts, you know? And um, it really depends who's also in your league, you know? Um, if you play with a lot of guys from Cali, like a lot of these guys like go earlier too, you know? Yep. So, yeah. But um, nobody from Cali up in this piece. Tweet, I, got, the- I, I got that vibe. I got that vibe. <laughs> Tweet, who's the running back? <laughs> Or Jacob, who's the running back that Brett had on his team that was USC running back last year? Travis Dye. Travis Dye. That guy, like, scored a touchdown, like, every game. Yep. I feel like I was watching, and whoever, like, I was trying to do recaps and stuff, and it's like, oh, Brett's about to get a touchdown from Joyner. I feel like, or not Joyner, uh, Travis Dye, and Travis Dye probably won him quite a bit of weeks last, last year. Yeah. All right. So, next one, we got... Luke walked away with Squirrel, Squirrel White, Squirrel. And Jamari, Jamari Thrash. And uh, this is where uh, Corey had Webb, Leary, and Morin. I mean, White and Thrash, all dead, dude. Those are two big CFF pieces with pro upside. First one top 10 CFF running back with limited pro upside and a couple of dark throws. So um, that – he crushed. He crushed that opportunity. Crushed, crushed, crushed it. Uh, well done. All right. Um, next, we have 2024 third. Oh, Harbor. Okay. If you guys want to let me go on about somebody, let me talk about Harbor. Um, we got Sanders coming into Colorado from Jackson State following his dad. And then we have 2024 eighth and tweets 2024 fifth. Big win. I freaking love Harbor, dude. I love guys where the conversation is, all right, you're a five-star uh, recruit. I just don't know whether I want you to kick ass on defense or offense yet. <laughs> All right? Like, like that's a freaking – Or track. Athlete. 
Right. I mean, he's he legit has Olympic speed. You know, like like and he's a freaking DN size person. You know what I mean? He's insane, dude. Is so, that Grim's trade? Yep. Yep. So Grim hits on Harbor. So essentially, you're looking at Harbor for a future third alone win for Harbor, as far as I'm concerned. So everything else is you get a free Sanders who's got the rushing upside, playing for his dad, so he's obviously going to get the opportunity. He's a good athlete. Do I think he becomes a pro prospect? No. But do I also think that I could be wrong? Yeah, I absolutely do. You know, I think that he could possibly push that narrative, you know. Um, And then you get two free A's. So Sanders and the A's are essentially free in that trade. So Grim crushed that. Try the hard bargain. All right. And uh, Harbor was my big guy with Kevin Coleman early on where he's like, oh, I think he's going to play DN. I go, he's going to play offense, Kevin. I'm telling you. And I'm like, that's why he's a bargain, you know? And this is, like, stupidly early mocks in, like, February. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we're literally bored. Like, why are we mocking this? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, because, like, you're trying to, like, start a conversation for the sake of starting a conversation. You know what I mean? But um, I've, I've been a big Harbor fan. So. Well, in the reality, in, like, a straight Debbie draft, he's not falling past first or second round. No. Well, I think now he's not. I think. A lot of people are like so catching up to the fact that they're they're committed. And the part is when people talked about this guy, you're saying DN or Titan, and they put him at wide receiver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I was like, I didn't see that coming. But at the same time, like once it happened, I go, it makes sense. Like, if yeah. you really want to utilize his speed, putting him at tight end kind of hinders him. You know what I mean? So like yeah. you want to get him on the outside and develop that, you know. And then if you can get him into a situation where he can learn how to create space, just waste his off athleticism, get that guy in space and throw the ball up top. Forget about it, dude. You know? So like, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. What could happen there? All right. All right. Next one. We had Nathaniel Carter, the immortal Mertz and Cody Epps. And then Grim walked away with the future seventh, future eighth. Grim wins again. Easy pick here. I'm not hiding any of those three guys. Tweed, who the hell uh, – can you pronounce this guy's name for me? Odayu? Oidu Hilaire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he doesn't even know who it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I didn't look at the show sheet, so. That's that's just – your roster? You drafted him. That's just for CFF production. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm going for, wide receiver CFF production. Yeah, so – I, I gave this one to Patrick. I also really like Tyra Williams. I, I, I like Tyra Williams at cost, right? I think what happened with Tyra Williams is he's a good all-around wide receiver. He's got the size. I think what's happening is he's, he went to Georgia, and, like, people don't want to invest in Georgia wide receivers, right? So you're getting this kid last three rounds when he's got recruitment where he's, like, near the top ten in a lot of, like, recruitment, like, circles, you know? So – um, I, I really like that. I think it was too early on your CFF production there, uh, Tweed. So like long story short is, you know, I looked him up and I was like, he wasn't even on my radar to be honest with you. And, um, Bowling green. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a, he's a freak athlete though. He is actually, you look dude, him I, up, he's a freak. 
Oh, I did. And so, yeah. like, long story short is, like, when I don't know a guy, I don't judge it right away. Yep. What I what I do is I go in, I dive in, I go, okay, this is a guy. He's actually on my late CFF uh, radar now. I just thought it was a little too early for him. That was that was my Makes issue. sense, yep. That was my issue with that. So, uh, Tweet, you win the next one. So, 13th and the 7th, uh, Norfleet and Damon Henderson, who's actually one of my favorite late sleepers for freshmen. Um, I actually like both of those guys, but I don't think neither of them are close seventh round value. So Tweed walks away with a with a good win there. Uh, Chad was in this uh, walked away with the future seventh. Uh, with Quint Allen, dude, weird situation with him out of Syracuse. Uh, won his opportunity to play, and he looks like he's probably going to start again this year. And I think that there's some late Debbie intrigue there. Uh, we got Blake Watson and DJ Giddens for a future 10th of Tweed. This one is uh, it's close, but for a future 10th, I actually gave this to Nate because I really like the opportunity for both those guys as CFF producers for a, a, a double-digit round pick, you know? So at the very least, you got like two really good running backs for depth for not a significant capital pick. And something I like about Blake Watson going from Old Dominion over to uh, – Memphis is he caught a lot of balls out of the backfield yep. and Memphis is probably going to utilize him in the slot a lot. So in a one PPR yep. league, I think he's going to be a, he could be a great sneaky play there uh, in your running back spot. If he can catch like five balls, 50 yards every game, something that would uh, be real helpful. I'll tell you right now, I'm all in for that for Nate. He can have that win. I I just threw him that trade, and I was over. I I didn't have more guys I wanted to cut quite yet, so I threw him the last two picks in the draft and just got something for next year. So, Yeah, and you know what the thing about it is, is that Nate just nailed the draft. You know what I mean? I think that Nate like took the capital that Tweed got, and he just drafted really well late, you know? And I don't think Tweed necessarily – you could call that a push, but I'm saying where you're yep. getting two startable, like potentially startable pieces for a tenth, you got to give it the win to the guy who's getting oh, this. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. So we got the future ninth for Brent and Davis Brin, dude. Oh, God, winner for Luke, dude. I, I, I love I love Brin. I'm biased. I think he's my favorite undervalued QB. Um. I think he's a weekend, week out starter for a CFF. I'll take that over a future ninth. So maybe slide him. Maybe slide him into week thirteen, Jacob. You won't have to worry about him because you won't be there. Maybe tweet. Maybe I'll, I'll be him. there. You know I yeah. will be. <laughs> That's actually so. I have Caleb in a couple of weeks that where I'm going to compete. I mean, obviously, if Caleb, you probably would be competing. So um, that was one of the guys on my short list of target late as my sliding. You know. It was him and uh, Dylan Gabriel and were my two guys that I really wanted to be the guys that I wanted to storm, like, weather the storm with, you know? Yep. All right. So we have uh, Jalen White and LaShawn Williams. And Luke walked away with Carson Beck. Um, Luke went again. I, I think wa- Beck walks into one of the best situations ever for a new QB. Uh, he's been with the program for a while and he could make a big leap. Uh, I love white. He's a great CFF producer. I'm a big fan, but I just think Beck's upside is just simply too good here. 
considering the two players are going to be in. So, Luke, well done. And that was 11.04 was that pick. And I just saw him sitting there, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go try to trade up to get him and swung and missed on a couple other trades. So... 11.04, man. That's that's fantastic. You're hoarding quarterbacks, you know that? Yeah, hoarding quarterbacks, you know, there's going to be a market. You're going to corner that market, and then somebody's going to have to pay for you eventually. Like, if I had a team that had, like, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, I'd probably try to get, like, a Mac Jones and hoard them and try to, like, make them worth Patrick Mahomes plus is what I would try to do. Hmm. Yeah. So, Theoretically, of course. What I what I would honestly do if I'm walking away with Beck and Davis Brin is I'm not going to trade Davion Sanders for Austin Reed at that point. Well, I, I didn't know what I was going to get that. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> <So>. touche. <laughs> so, I think people Jake. have been pretty slow to like catch on that Beck is starting for Georgia, and yep. that and Bennett actually played well there because I think in that. We did another startup in a, for a different league, and I think I got him in like the forty third. Yeah, like something ridiculous. I yeah. just like I mean, this guy's starting, and he's going to be behind one of the best offensive lines in the nation. And, and like, I agree. Not, I just don't. He's not just good. Don't feel, I, don't, I don't feel like Georgia's just like throwing up crazy pass numbers. Where I think it's surprising, like how much they actually do pass. Yeah, and I also think that what. I mean, Bennett just got drafted in the fourth round, right? Yep. I think Bedick, uh, Beck, Bedick, what? Beck <laughs> um, has he's a he's a better actual like natural thrower. You know what I mean? Like he's better arm talent than, than I, Bennett. I think if Bennett. he's if he's at all good and he replicates yeah. what Bennett does, he goes higher than Bennett. I just yeah. don't. I just the NFL is going to like believe him. in him because you I don't want to believe in him. I have Gunner on my roster. Okay. Well, well Gunner's not starting this year. Yeah, you should have just grabbed Carson and hedged at that at that point. I'm That's doing true. okay in the quarterback area. I'm fine. <laughs> you, you can never have too many, in my opinion. Oh, don't worry. I got plenty. People, <laughs> people tell me. <laughs> All right. So, the last one I had is DeAndre Moore, uh, Cade Stover, and Jalen Polk. Uh, this is a runaway win. Patrick walked away with a future ninth. Uh, Moore is a solid Debbie piece. It could be a significant contributor with Manning at QB next year. Stover will be drafted next year. We don't know where, but he will be. Uh, Polk could inherit a significant target share in 2024. Plus, uh, he could contribute a little bit this year and be pretty good on visor of the injuries. So those three dark throws that I said that he had for a future ninth, he freaking crushed all three of them. Who was that, Nate? That was Nate. And DeAndre Moore was... In the eleventh round, that's wild. Like, guys, what happened there? Do you guys not watch enough tape on him? That kid's nice. Well, His we have guy that had the whole ninth round, and clearly he didn't watch the whole tape. Yeah, we did, <laughs> yeah, we did have a guy with the whole ninth round. Uh, yeah, I like DeAndre wait, more wait, from did his he, did he have the whole ninth round. He does it every year. He had the whole thirteenth round last year. This year he had the whole ninth, and next year I think he's going probably to be the eighth. Same. That's eight? three, man. I had the like I had five eights already. The best I ever did was eight tenths, you know, and uh, that was a fun day. Oh, he over. <laughs> so we we Todd, we could show you some. He kind of overpays pretty hardcore to get the the whole round. 
Oh, okay. Um, I don't do that. And we did an episode on his ninth round this year and like compared it to the 13th of last year. And we think he did better. He did get JJ Cole at the end of the ninth that year, this year. Nice. But it, it, it's definitely uh, some questionable stuff. So we, we'd, we'll have to show that to you sometime and see what you think too. I'd be down. That sounds great. Whatever, yeah. round, whatever round he chooses next year, it's definitely costing a first. <laughs> <laughs> to get my, I think he's, I think he's got already five eighths. So did I already give him my eighth? I, I don't know. I, don't. I have it. It costs a first. It costs a first. <laughs> but uh, that will uh, wrap up our trades for tonight. Uh, we went a little bit longer, but thanks, Todd, for for giving us your input. It's also uh, nice to get different people's points of view of players. Like you said, there's no really right or wrong way to play C2C until like they get to the NFL and then you find out if they're good or not. Um, I think what you got from me from a valuation standpoint is a guy who thinks about this way too much. Perfect. That's that's pretty much what it is. Like, like I'm not an expert. I'm just a degenerate who spends too much time on this. Perfect. You're on the camp or you're on the, uh, Casuals to Degenerates podcast, so that makes sense. I I don't think I've ever been a casual, guys. So, uh, so I think my uh, favorite casuals would like would like to take a quick a quicker route to Degenerate. Just DM me, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you know what I think. My favorite you know, part is I, I, I just I, apparently think. I gotta I gotta help you guys take Luke down. Like he keeps fleecing people. Except oh my he'll god. Overpay. He'll overpay for, like, rental CFP. We're going to send you a list of loop trades, and we're just going to send them, and we'll, we'll listen to your podcast, and you're just going to do a whole loop trade episode, and we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. I'm just going to, like, say it's something else, like, like 2024 RB class. Ah, joking. We're just doing all loop trades. Got to get people in the door. Well, Todd, thank you for joining us tonight. Now, if you ever need any trades – you now know we've got a home C2C league, and I, I capture everything. So if you want a particular trade or if you're curious if a particular player has been moved, I can go see in our league history of when they were moved and if they have been moved or not or, or whatnot. So, yeah, I'll be free. reaching out to you. Um, actually, I'll even ask you right now for two of them. I mean, I don't need it at this moment. But the two <laughs> that I'm going to want to know would be uh, Rocket Sanders and uh, – and Singleton, Nicholas Singleton. Those are the two I'm going to want to know about. All right. Well, we've got, probably got a good rocket. Uh, we got a great rocket. Got a rocket trade. Got a rocket trade. Uh, we have <laughs> not had a Singleton moved yet. He was drafted. but Did you trade for that pick, though? I did trade for that pick. That's what I thought. Oh, I count it. I count it. Yeah, so, I I, so I can figure out what uh, I believe – he probably went 102. Yeah. No. Nick? It's either 102 or 103 because you had 101, 102, and 103. Yeah, it was one of the first three. I, 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 got... I was trying to get one of them from you. So no, you, you took Jadon Blue, too, and then you took. There's Jadon Blue, Quinn Ewers, and Singleton. Yeah. So I, I bet uh, he would have. Jadon Blue, man. God, I love that guy. And he's just such a crowded situation now. It's not, uh, not great. No, that's my big fade from that class. Just freaking yeah. leave, man, and go somewhere and play. Uh, so, all right, but 
All right, gents. I'm going to get going. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks, God. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, Jacob, don't forget to start your studs. Okay. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. And I'm Triple H. Rawr. I don't get it. Good night. Time to play the game. Time to play the game.